Welcome to Good Music with Good People. I'm your host, Lucas McLean, here to help your Mondays suck a little less. Coming to you live from the gutter, aka Campobello, South Carolina, it is the podcast Good Music with Good People. Yes, it's been about two weeks, and as numerous ex-girlfriends have told me, I'm committed to something for about that long, and then I just fall off. But lo and behold, I'm back again, and I'm here with my best friend, Mr. Dane Hartzell. Say what's up, man. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Tell me how we met. Dude, how do we meet? Dude, I met you at uh, Alex's house, actually. He was on your first podcast. Um, I met you at a bonfire, actually, and then we found out that we went to college together. That was actually kind of like a crazy thing because when I went to North Greenville, I showed up two weeks late because I was in basic training for the Army and did not know anybody there, and then I found you. And turns out we like the same music and everything, too, and which I guess kind of drew us closer a little bit, but it was always cool. Yeah, man. You know what? I'm starting to notice a trend here. I meet all of my friends through bonfires at Alex's house, and most of the friendships start out with music. It's kind of funny, man. It lets me know that I might need to branch out and make more friends. But regardless, one of the th- one of the first things that I noticed about you was that you had a you had a tattoo on your what is it your left arm? Yeah, it's was on it? my le- my left shoulder. Okay, yeah, it was a tattoo, and I was like, "Hey, man, what is that?" And you're like, "You ever heard of Bring Me the Horizon?" And I was like. Yeah, man, but I've never listened to him. It's the sympaternal symbol, which is actually sacred geometry for the flower of life. But, man, you got me into Bring Me the Horizon, which I've never told you. But Dude, thank that's you, one man. of my favorite bands, dude. Thank you, you already man. know. Bring Me the Horizon is amazing. And you were actually telling me that that album, Sympaternal, got you through basic training. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man, just mostly because in basic training, like, you can't, like... You can't listen to music, like you don't have anything there except what people send you mostly. And I, I didn't really get letters and stuff from my parents from like the first like four weeks there. Honestly, like I didn't really have much and I always loved music and I memorized lyrics and stuff all the time. And one of my things was is whenever like it just got hard or whatever, I would just go to a song that I was jamming out to at the time before I left. And before I left, what I was really into, I was in the Memphis Mayfire I was in the Bring Me the Horizon. I was really deep into Carnifex and Whitechapel and all kinds of different stuff. But um, the hooks for Bring Me the Horizon, one thing I noticed off that album, it was mostly soft. And I memorized a lot of the lyrics before I went. And, you know, I just used to love to sing it. And people in my platoon actually used to ask me about songs. And I was actually able to, like, answer them with cover information, like, describe the cover to them. And, uh,. Sing songs and stuff like because I always just always memorize lyrics because I just listen to so much music. Yeah, man, I can imagine that. <clears throat> you know, going through basic training and things like that, and everything that goes into that can be really difficult. So having you know, almost a soundtrack to being able to push through that was was everything. And yeah, you're you're the reason that I got into Bring Me the Horizon. I listened to Sympaternal and as basic as it sounds, that was all it took, man. I, I went backwards in their catalog. But man, me and you have, gosh, I guess our friendship is literally just built from music. We've been to so many shows together. Man, do you remember Warp Tour? Dude, I remember Warp Tour, but honestly, like, I have to remember, like, our first concert, which was, um, I, when I first met you, actually, I was, I played Four Today off my phone, and you're like, oh, you listen to Four Today? And I think I was actually listening to, um, the Prevailer EP. And um, we started talking about it, and I said, hey, I'm planning on going to see August Burns Red in February. Dude, you want to go? I'm going to drive. Like, I already got my tickets. And mm-hmm. you were like, dude, we need to do this. Oh, yeah. Did we go? 
did we go to August Burns Red first, or did we go to Forty Day first? No, we went to August Burns Red first actually because um, we went and saw August Burns Red, and Arrow was there, and North Lane was there, and Miss May I was there actually. Man, and after the show, show, you bought VIP, and I didn't, but somehow me and Taylor managed to st- uh, stay, and I got to meet Levi Benton as well, and got him to sign my shoe. And no, everything. dude, I didn't buy. No, I didn't buy VIP tickets. Remember, I was the only one that bought tickets. I was the only one guaranteed to get in the show, so I ended up getting in there early. But I never got VIP tickets. But yeah, man, that was that was crazy to meet Levi Benton. You know, it's it's funny because there's that stereotype of metal singers that look all like crazy up on stage and like really, you know, just like macho and all this with like these crazy voices, and then they get off stage and they're like, "Hi guys, how are you?" That is Levi Benton to a T. Yeah, I know, right, dude? <laughs> Levi Benton is a really cool guy. Like. Um, I remember meeting him for the first time too, and he and I was just like, dude, I really love Miss Me. I was like, my favorite album is Apologies for the Week, and he was get he was trying to get everybody pumped for the Deathless album, and he was like, dude, wait till you hear Deathless. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it was just as hard. Yeah. It wasn't quite the same, but it yeah. still went it went harder than their other album. Uh, was it Rise of the Lion or yeah, something? Dude, that album is absolute trash i'm just gonna go ahead and say that oh but man the saddest, you, can't, you can't say that though. i can I, it's my podcast i can say what i want bro <laughs> <laughs> no but the problem was the only issue that i saw with it and no disrespect to levi benton he's an amazing human being but and so is the band they're all great but i remember he was passing out those download codes at warp tour in mm-hmm. the line and the saddest thing about it was he was like his selling point to it was it sounds like apologies for the week and that's their first album. And, and, and it just kind of made me sad that, you know, he was trying to, I guess, like, promote the album. Like, okay, it sounds like we used to, you know. And it, it's just kind of sad. I think he sad. was just trying to, honestly, I think he was trying to relate to fans of the first album. Because a lot of people, like, they'll get so deep into a band off their first album because they'll tour off of it. Usually yeah. about two years. Think about it. Like, yeah. They'll tour for about two years and then... Like, they'll get everybody hype about it, and then you'll have to wait another additional year for their album. So it takes about three years for that to come out, and sometimes it's just not as great. Or either that, or they've grown a little bit, and yeah. they want to um, express themselves differently than other people see. Yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't go well, and it doesn't always sound the same. But there are some bands that, like, they'll release similar stuff for years and just keep going on and on. I don't think mm-hmm. he was trying to use that as a selling point i think he was just trying to relate to me and say hey man just trust us on this album and yeah, he, he did apologize one, for the last album that's the only one they had at the show because you were looking for apologies for the week yeah, at that show. yeah and they had rise of the lion i can't believe i bought that album to be honest like i can't believe i spent money on it no, no I, I can I, just... I can you know why it actually helps support them and it's actually a yeah. really good thing and one thing i did remember though is i wore those same vans to that show when we went to the Vans Warp Tour, I wore my same Vans, and I was like, "Hey, dude, you signed my show in Charlotte a few months ago," oh, and yeah. he was like, "Oh yeah, what's up, guys?" And he yeah. stood there and talked to us for yeah. like twenty minutes. Yeah. Like, for those that of was you that are the little, coolest thing, yeah. For those of you that are a little confused, one of the biggest struggles of meeting bands, I think, is realizing that you have nothing for them to sign or anything else. So this man just gets every band that he sees to sign his shoe and he has one particular shoe it's been signed by did levi sign it twice uh he did not sign it twice he signed the deathless ep for us because i did bring up i was oh, like hey yeah, man yeah. will you sign it for us yeah and oh, yeah you were really hyped because you didn't really have something from the sign that night except yeah. the rise of the lion yeah um yeah so you got on that shoe it's on one particular shoe you had 
Matthew I, Montgomery signed it and Levi Benton. So. Yeah. I, w- I was that guy, man. I had to have the shoe sign, you know. But they're like, I understand now because I see a lot of memes about it. Like, uh, lead singers will post, like, hey, man, you mind signing my uh, smelly, dirty shoe? And it's like, and now I feel bad because I think about, like, how much you sweat at concerts oh, and stuff. And, oh, dude. You know. Um, now, I always get so weird when I, when I meet bands. I always try so hard not to fangirl that I just come off kind of awkward. And I, I know I've talked about that a little bit on other podcasts, but. Uh, when I met Levi, it was still kind of when I was getting out of my fangirl phase. And I remember after I met him, these two girls came up that were wanting to take a picture with him. And they were like, hey, can you can you uh, take a picture of us? And uh, so I started to take the picture and I was standing there and trying to, you know, focus it and everything else. And it was taking me forever. And I was like, okay, I think I got it. And and the girls are being sarcastic. And they were like, oh, really? Did you? And Levi was like, hey, man, be nice to him. Yeah. He's trying to help. And I felt so bad. I'm like, but then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Levi Benton just stood up for me. We're yeah. friends now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Good times. And we, we've had such good times at shows. Like, you know our post, post-show ritual? You know, going to Waffle House? Yeah, going to Waffle House. And I remember uh, we met that one guy, Teddy. We met him after a show in the New Brooklyn Tavern in Columbia, oh, South yeah. Carolina. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what show did we go see that night? That was, I think it was Four Today. Four Today, yeah. yeah. It, it we went day. and saw them twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot. No, it was, it was just the one time. But we met him after that because, remember, he was talking about meeting Watsky, who is oh, one yeah, of my the favorite first time underground. I was with Corey, yeah. But... Yeah, we met him, and this guy was talking about meeting uh, Watsky, who is one of my favorite underground hip hop artists. If you guys haven't heard him, but he was talking about meeting him and and you know doing some poetry with him. So that was that was cool. But man, it was always it was either Waffle House or Taco Bell, one or the other. We always hit that up. Yeah, we always got home at like three o'clock in the morning, and it was like no wonder like when we went to North Greenville, we didn't make it to class after that one concert. For those of you that don't know, I am currently not in college, and I'm like, man, how did I how did I get to a point where I needed to drop out of college? And then I think about some of the decisions that were made. It was like, hey, there's a show that's two hours from now, but you have class at eight a.m. You still want to go to the show? And I'm like, of course I do kind of decision is that obviously but it was kind of like when we went and saw the uh, zombie five tour with uh, the devil wears prada remember that that was a great show oh shows up an hour late oh yeah shows up (laughs) shows up an hour late and you're on i show up an hour late you're all mad we fly down there literally i don't think we went below 80 miles an hour and no we, we didn't go below 90. 80 dude we yeah. were like going about 130 almost yeah. all the way there yeah like, we know. almost got in a wreck like twice and then we get there and we're half an hour early because the time was wrong on the doors uh on the website so the doors weren't even open but we get there in time and it that was good but i remember that's that was the that concert the double wears prada show was the first concert where i got an injury and you know most people that are really into metal they're like oh and let me tell you about the first time I got injured at a metal show. Mine wasn't cool whatsoever. Not at all. Like it's just, I think it's, no injuries are cool, though. I think that's kind of required. But, it, like, but it's, none but it's, are cool. But it's okay, though, if you're in a mosh pit. The problem yeah. was I wasn't even in a pit. We were just kind of moshing around in the audience, and this girl sees you that I guess like likes you and wants to mosh in between us. So we're just chilling out, having a good time. She hops in between, which is fine. I'm trying to be a good wingman. I kind of back up a little bit, but I'm still moshing. Only problem was she was still so close to me and you that when she, yeah, she like cleaned when the she, clock. Yeah, yeah, when she jumped back, the back of her head nailed my nose i mean nailed my nose and it starts bleeding and i the only thing i can think of is okay i have two options i can either walk out of the show and miss 
the rest of, you know, the opening band set, or I can be that guy and use my shirt to stop the blood. So I take off my shirt and I'm literally standing there with my head just tilted back, holding my shirt up to my nose. And for the rest of the night, I'm that guy without a shirt on, you know, that everybody's a little bit afraid to get close to because they don't want to get all like the hair and the sweat on them and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing I asked you when I saw you because I finally found you again. And I was like, what happened to your shirt? And you're like, I started bleeding and like it just lost it. That's the only thing that I had. But yeah, man, good times, good times. It was definitely some good times, man. You ever hear about the first time I got injured, right? No. Dude, the first show I ever went to was All That Remains, Hate Breed, and Five Finger Death Punch, believe it or not. And it was a great show, but I was I was 17 at the time. And the like the first band, because we actually showed up late and got in late, uh, that came on was Hate Breed. Okay. And I had never really like listened to them too much, but I, I like them now but had no idea, and they started throwing on strobes and stuff, and I slipped in some beer, and some dude, like, knocked me straight clean out in the mm-hmm. pit. First time I ever jumped in, like, yeah. it was crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, you gotta be you gotta be careful about, like, beer at shows. It's so funny, because I honestly, this is gonna sound terrible, I don't think you've been to a metal show unless you smell, like, beer after you get done, because the thing is, is, like, people spill it all the time. You know, I'd, I'd get done with a I get, I get done, you know, out of a show and people are like, have you been drinking? Like, no, some person just like got way too close to me and got pushed and then speared the rest of his beer all over me. Dude, I'm totally that guy though. You, Dude, now that I've been actually been able to drink, the last time I saw August Springs Red, I went and saw him on the Messengers tour out there in Asheville. Yeah. And, um, dude, I'm not even gonna lie. I was like, just got into the song and was like, it's time to mosh and like totally mm-hmm. jumped in there with like a full beer. And then like when I so jumped out, that guy, then, yeah, I was that man. guy, man. It happens, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but let me tell you something. That is the most frustrating thing, especially when like, I don't mean to sound sexist in any way. And I don't mean this in any sort of way, but when like, when, when there's always that girl there, that's just like, Oh, I'm so into metal. You know, that's had maybe one too many beers. It's normally that girl that spears beer, beer on me because it ends up like, I'll get soaked and be kind of mad and turn around and she, Oh, I'm so sorry. And she's still spilling beer on me in the process. It's like, is happening it's not even that like usually if i'm standing at a show and i have a beer i try to like keep it up a little bit so most people, people like don't. oh yeah don't bump into this guy yeah, most with, like, people the don't beer. and then like somebody will just come smashing in like <laughs> busting in like the kool-aid man oh yeah and totally just like destroy your beer spilled all over you and anybody else in front of you and then they get mad at you and it's like did you just yeah. not see this guy yeah. bust in like yeah. and that's that's the funniest thing is is I really, I, I don't drink. I don't like beer, but I always smell more like beer than the people that actually drink by the time I'm at shows. Because for some reason, when I walk in, it looks like I'm wearing a sign that says, spill beer on this person. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's usually that. You're just like walking by like, oh yeah, it's just about normal right here. And then bam! Like, yeah. it's not like <laughs> something hits. Like, <laughs> like when you least expect it. You're it's just like, like oh. something off America, America's Funny Some videos. Yeah. Like watching you like just walk through a show. You know like, what? <laughs> you know what? This should be... They should do this at metal shows. They should have something called the dry zone, which is like not, not, you know, you can't drink here necessarily, but saying, okay, if you have a beer, you can't go past this point because the people standing here do not want to have beer spilled on them. So please stand here in the dry zone. I, I just honestly think it's one of those etiquette things nowadays, like where everybody's like, yep, people drink here. It's just kind of like when, uh, 
Some people get mad when people like light up at a show sometimes. Like, oh, like like well, yeah, I mean that's they'll start smoking that treefer, and then <laughs> like you know the next thing you know, like everybody's like, I can't believe they did it here. It's like, dude, you're at a concert. Like you should kind of expect people to do outlandish things because they want to do the things that they do when they listen to the music. Honestly, they want to feel it the same way and just see them in front of them. Well, yeah, um, and that's funny because it's it's super, you know illegal to to do that it shows and well to smoke tree for period yeah but, but yeah but it's funny because you'll always smell it, it especially at rock concerts and, and hip-hop concerts you always smell it but it's just so funny because remember when we went to the mac miller show and they literally tapped everybody down before we went in there <laughs> they patted me down like a little bit but dude they really thoroughly searched you they made you take off your shoes your hat no like, no no it was, the other, way, no, it was the other way around it was the other way around actually they made you take off your shoes and your hat but i walked in there with a hat on and my hood up like i had that no way was I, had really that, mean? Yeah. I get searched every time no now. yeah, yeah. On. leave me alone <laughs> yeah. no they they searched you because i remember the guy that, that searched me like he patted me down obviously because that's his job but i remember you were man because like man they they looked inside my hat and you walk in here with a jacket on hood up because remember i had that m&m jacket on yeah and, and the and the cardinals hat that i used to have yeah um and I and I had the hood pulled up and everything. They didn't ask me to do anything. They just tapped me down. And then they're they're like they're over there with you like looking inside your hat and they just basically let me walk in. But I think that was honestly something that I like to call a CP perk. Like nobody yeah. wants to search the kid that's walking up there waddling, you know, cuz what's yeah. that going to look like for them? Like, really? <laughs> Out of all the people you could have searched, you searched the crippled kid. Why would you do that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What do you think? It's contagious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like they're they're afraid to touch me. Like, ooh, you know. But man, it's going through me. Like, I don't want no yeah, problems. Yeah. All right, like, yeah, it's like here's looking for not a lawsuit. Yeah. You know what I mean? The complete yeah. opposite. Like, you know what that reminds me of? What? Um, the girl that you're talking to recent, uh, currently. I don't know if she wants her name put out on this podcast, but she she's like studying to be a nurse, and she walked up and she was like, "Hey, I'm studying to be a nurse, and I just." I have a few questions for you. And I was like, okay, go ahead. And she, she was asking me a few questions about cerebral palsy, you know, but the thing that caught me off guard was the first question she asked me was, how do you get it? Like, when did you catch it? <laughs> and I yeah, was don't like, don't you know it's at birth? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I was like, I was born with it. She was like, oh, so you, you didn't catch it. Like you didn't do something to cause it. And I was like, no, I was like, I don't, I would never do anything that would ever try to cause this. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I went to something called the CP quarantine to try to minister to these people, and I came yeah. out and it was just struck a... by lightning. And then, what do you know? Like, I ended up like Forrest Gump. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny you said that, man. Did I ever tell you the the? St- I'd never told you this story. You're about to die. Well, we might have to pause the podcast actually. Uh, but I was at NGU, man, and. I went with a lady friend at the time, who you know, to a cultural event. Remember we used to have to go to those? Yeah. Dude, um, I remember having to go to those. I always hated them, man. Like, oh, yeah. I always waited till the end of the semester, too, so I always got stuck with the longest ones ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you ended up usually going together, so yeah. it was never a problem. Yeah. Like, the jazz concert, which is like two hours. Yeah. For a little bit of context, cultural events... For NGU or North Greenville University, you go to those and they basically they make you dress up. You have to go to three 
where you used to have to go to three per year. They they got rid of them now after we leave. They got rid of them? Yeah, they did. But they used to, what they would do is they would make you go and they, you'd dress up and you'd have to sit through three of these events per year. What they actually were for, for, in my opinion, was to make sure that like the band and other concerts like that and events actually had an audience. That's no shade. I just think that's kind of the point. But we would go to, th- we had to go to three per semester, like I said. So I went with my lady friend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> right right and yeah. uh we, we got all dressed up we went through it it was all good so we're walking back and like you were just saying a lot of the later ones were ironically later at night it was like they saved the 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 weirdest timed ones for later because they know they knew slackers like us would have to go to them so we're walking back it's like nine o'clock and from across the like courtyard at ngu right you know what i'm talking about the yeah. courtyard i hear this walking beside my lady friend at the time, somebody was like, I love you, Janae. <laughs> Literally like from Forrest Gump. No, and, you didn't. And Dude, I that's was terrible. Dude, I that's know. Bullying, bro. I know. I know. It's funny now, but like at the time I was appalled and like, I was more appalled, not for myself because you know, I've, I've dealt with things like that all my life and it really doesn't phase me. The only time it phases me is when it affects someone else. And like, at this point, the girl that I was with was being pulled into it, you know, so it, it, it upset me genuinely. Oh, of course. I, and, like, and, it would just upset anybody. Dude, yeah. You were just insulted publicly in yeah. front of everybody. And, yeah. like, you have to think about cultural events. Like, usually there's about a good, well, like, 200 good, people there. Yeah, the good news. Well, and, like, 200 people are walking out of here and some dude's oh, yeah. trying to roast you well, in the front of your is, lady friend. Yeah. Now you're trying to be yeah, the chill man. About it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good thing is we were we were away from that crowd at that point. I was walking her back to her dorm. The the worst part about it though was that like she completely missed the reference, which is kind of a good thing. I explained it to her after the fact, but she turned around. And she was like, "Oh, who is he talking about?" I was like, "Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Don't worry about it." She was like, "No, I I think I know who they're talking about." I was like, "Really? Who are they talking about?" She was like, "I think that girl Jenny is in my biology class," and I was like. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Little did she know. Oh yeah, I explained it to her after the fact, and she's like, "Oh, that's terrible." But, but oh yeah, I've um, I've had all kinds of comparisons to Forrest Gump, man. And- <laughs> Coming in for the assist. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. First time sound effects were used on the podcast, but. <laughs> but yeah i've had several references to forrest gump thrown my way in fact i was telling one of my professors um one time he was my spanish teacher at ngu uh, we used to have it in the school of theater which is kind of off campus and we were walking back one time he was walking back to his office and i was telling him how i have something similar to forrest gump it's not quite the same thing but that's why in the movie that he walks funny and he has the the braces and I was explaining that to him, and at one point, you know, we we became like friends. You know what, what did I mean? he say? Was he like, no, no? Why he, don't you love Jenny? Like, <laughs> no, he, what was funny was we got into a conversation about my gait, and what I mean by my gait is like the the way that I walk, like my yeah. my pattern of walking. And he and he was sort of like imitating it, but not to make fun of it. He was just kind of trying to understand it. And then he stops. He's like, oh. And I, I need to stop. There's people around. They might think I'm like legit bullying. <laughs> I just imagine like like terrible. professor gets fired from school for like, yeah. you know. You can read it in the news headlines right here, straight from Tigerville, South Carolina. We have a professor that thinks it's really funny to make fun of his students. Back to you, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. I've had some funny experiences with that, but uh, 
have to say that your current love interest asking me how I got cerebral palsy is pretty high on the list. Yeah, how man. did you get it? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what's so funny, the funniest part to me is like having people think it's super offensive for me to at, like for them to ask questions like i'm gonna get mad like how dare you notice something that is extremely obvious about me yeah. how could you do this yeah. but no you know i would rather have people ask questions and then you know just me be honest about or it or just assume it's just one of those things but it's something that i've never you know been ashamed of and i don't know where i heard this quote it might it honestly may have been me, me that said it but i've always kind of lived by it is if you can't accept yourself then no one else can either so that's definitely true, though. Yeah. Like, honestly, you have to think about it that way. Yeah, for sure. But getting back on music, we've ranted a little bit. Getting back on music and speaking of learning to accept yourself, are there maybe certain bands that you feel like have defined you as a person? Define me as a person? I honestly can't really, like, I can name off a few, but to to be fair to, like, all the music I listen to, I listen to so much music. Like, I work construction, and you know that, um... You know, I, I, I'm an electrician, and one of the things I do when I work is I put in headphones, and I'm kind of dead to the world because it lets me focus, mm-hmm. but not only do I listen to music there, I listen to music on the way to work, on the way home from work, when I come home from work, when I'm trying to party, turn up, you know, you turn on some music, so mm-hmm. I always have different things playing, but honestly, if I had to um, name a few bands that are, define my taste as a whole... I'd have to say, like, for me personally, it started out with Slipknot. I'm a huge Slipknot fan. Like, Yeah, dude. You like, have, like, all of my old Slipknot stuff because I grew out of Slipknot. So, if every like, every few times you come to my house, I'm like, hey, I found more Slipknot stuff. It's yours. Yeah, and you always blow my mind. I was like, are you for real right now? And you give it to me, and then you're surprised when I use it. Like, for example, the wallet that I've had for, like, literally the last year and a half came from you. And you're like, I can't believe you use it. I was like, every day. And people call me out on it. Like, I have people in my unit. I'll go to, like, pay for my meal when I'm at drill or whatever or on hurricane duty. And I'll pull out a Slipknot wallet. And they're like, oh, wow, really, a Slipknot wallet? And I was like, yeah, they're an awesome band. You ever listen to them? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, you know, that's definitely, like, probably in my top because... Honestly, I never really liked hardcore music for a long time. I would listen to stuff like Slipknot, mm-hmm. and I would just shut out everything else. I used to actually like, you know, talk a lot of smack about Bull for My Valentine and other stuff like that. And you know, I just really had to come over myself as a person and like just sit down and listen to him before yeah. I knocked him. Like even yeah. stuff like Little Yachty and stuff like that. Like I'm not a fan, but I have respect. For what he does, because there are people who genuinely enjoy him. Yeah. I just personally can't sit down and do it. And, you know, he's making money now, and he's taking care of his family. Like, I can't knock him. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you, you brought up Slipknot and how you weren't really into into hardcore music at the time. The funny thing is, is the first time I ever even heard Slipknot was, aside from maybe seeing like a clip of him in a metal documentary that I watched, was the, the Psychosocial video. And I really, it came on and like, you know, with like the pentagram on yeah. fire and they're all dancing around. and it scared the living crap out of me, but I loved it. Like it scared me to death, but for some reason I just wanted more. And, and as I've like grown older and even as I was like getting into the music, I realized why, even though they were metal, they're obviously metal, they're, they're scary. You know, they've got that whole aesthetic going on, you know, with Corey Taylor's vocals is that even with all of that, they have melody. They've got, they've got the choruses, they've got the hooks. And that's why they're a gateway band is because they kind of pull you in with that stuff. And they, yeah, you know, 
I mean, that was that was one of the huge things for me. Actually, the first time like I ever heard him, I heard him on 93.3 The Planet, a local station. Can I be here. honest? I hate that channel. Dude, I, hey, man, I, like, I mean, I you can't hate. can't hate, man. I, <laughs> I love their talk show and everything. Like, I listen to them. Either way, my dad really liked him because he worked construction back in the day, yeah. and they would listen to him at the job sites, and this song came on, and it just blew my mind. It was beautiful. Like, I loved it. It was heavy. Mm-hmm. It had, like, really fast drums, and, like, I, I played drums you know, for a long time. I did percussion. I you know, know, I've won many medals oh, oh, and you stuff. Mean, you, yeah. mean, you mean, like, in, in band? I got yeah, you. I, I, I've done, drums, like, so. I started band, you know, out when I was, like, 14 and whatever, and, you know, I was starting to get good at percussion. You know, I was really good at mallets and snare and everything, and I was really wanting to play, you know, the actual kit because my dad played in the band for mm-hmm. a long time. I got locally kind of popular, I guess, if you could say that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, all uh, yeah, rambling the, aside yeah you um, got the picture of you in the band hanging up right here actually that's that's cool yeah. yeah i mean all rambling aside like i just heard it on the radio blew my mind i love joey what, what joey jordison and it oh, was psychosocial believe it or not ah, and go, the reason go. why they played the song is they were promoting their tour and they were coming out here to the bond Secours wellness arena mm-hmm. formerly known as the bylo center the but they, they were coming out and I was like always trying to get my dad to take me to a show, and he always refused. And I just started listening to him, kind of progressed backwards, went to the first album immediately after that, and loved the first album. And oh, it, it blew my mind. Like I loved it so much. And then I went to Volume Three, the Subliminal Verses, and it got even better. Oh, let me tell you and something. it kept getting better and better and better. I don't think there's any song that they've made that's better than Spit It Out. I love that song. Really, um, man? Is that your personal opinion? That is my well. That's my personal. I don't know if there's not a song better, but just that that album, dude. The first album, dude. Purity. That drum. That drum feel at the beginning. Yeah. The way that I, bass comes in on dude, Purity. Oh, dude, like, no, I love it. But honestly, I have to say my favorite song of that album is Eyeless. Like, think about it, oh, dude, dude. The drum intro for that song, like. It just it blew my mind, and I remember like watching when they released a ten year anniversary. They released like Joey Jordison playing it, and oh. it sounded exactly oh, yeah like the album, and yeah. blew my mind. That, and I was like, you know, as a kid, like trying to learn how to do all these things, read music, and learning who you want to be. I was like, I want to play like that, like uh-huh. you know, like yeah, that like, was always like my go to. Mm-hmm. And who I aspired to be. That's yeah. why I tried I mean, as hard as I did, I guess. I, like, mean, I always yeah. wanted to play like that. You have it now, but I even had a... I gave it to you, but I had a Joey Jordanson mask. And I was I was a little bit of a weird kid, especially early high school. Man, I, I bought that mask and I used to I used to just wear it. <laughs> just, to, just to wear it. Like, I go to a friend's house just be wearing that mask for no reason. But yeah. yeah you wanted the rep, man. Yeah, it's always dude. a good thing. I loved Slipknot, man. Back in the day, I, I hate to say the phrase grown out of them because I don't think that's a thing. I just don't listen to them the way I used to. I still do. But man, Slipknot, Slipknot's a good band. I think that's like one of the good things about music, though, because like you definitely overplay yourself eventually. No matter how much you love them, you just can't listen to them anymore. And you have to put it away for a little bit and find mm-hmm. new things. And honestly, that's like something similar to what I did with Escape the Fate with you. Mm-hmm. I listened to them so much. like, And this was like, you know, after Slipknot, somebody showed me them mm-hmm. and blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And the only things out was This War Is Ours and, of course, their first album, which was Dying Is Your Latest Fashion. Ooh. Dude, and Flames. I mean, <laughs> I didn't actually listen to that full album of Dying Is Your Latest Fashion, though. I listened to the, like, 
uh, a lot of the popular songs off of it at first. Situations. Yeah, Situations. Was No Sympathy for the Dead No popular? Sympathy for the okay. Dead was popular. Um, the Guillotine, Reverse This Curse, um, My Apocalypse, uh, No Truth, and what is it? It's... I, I, dude, dude honestly, see, honestly, I, just, I yeah, have problems with I, it too. Like. I first got, you just got me into this album and I, I know I'm super late to the party, but, but that's man, exactly the thing. Dude, so you good. just caught me at like a reminisce period. And I was like, I just remember how great this used to be. And it's blowing my mind again. That's yeah. the best part about music. You can always go back to yeah, it. And that's the thing. And it will blow your mind. Just like the first time you listen to it, uh-huh. you're like, I remember jamming out to this song so much oh, and yeah, you'll start you it takes you back here. man mm-hmm. like music just takes you back yeah. in time and that's the thing about the escape the fade album because i know you know some of the people that listen to this podcast that know the type of music that i'm into because i'm really into indie music and things like that that's pretty much my favorite genre you know with manchester orchestra who i know you hate but you know I, like when, I, I when use people... hate you use hate too much for me it's a very strong word i just I, do not i, I dislike them okay just like yeah. i dislike little yachty but i have respect for him uh-huh. because they are making their money uh-huh. for what they do just yeah. personally don't expect me to spend money on. oh them. yeah no and that's completely understandable yeah. but what i was what i was gonna say was you know with some of the people that know what I listen to when they hear that I like, you know, the first Escape the Fate album, they're going to be like, really? That's not at all. Like, you know, it's no, not, actually, it's not, it's not probably hard the complete or, opposite. Yeah. Everybody's like, really? Because yeah. that band went to complete trash after that album. That's yeah. all I hear. And it's yeah. like, you're just going to discard everything they put out yeah. because Ronnie Radke went to jail and <laughs> it just blows my mind. They're like, yeah, Craig Mabbitt was so much better in it. Bless the Fall, and yeah. and it's like, do you, have you seen what Bless the Fall did? Like Hollow Bodies is an amazing album. I was actually mm-hmm. listening to it when you were on the way over to my house when I was leaving work. I love Bless the Fall, and dude, Hollow Bodies is probably actually my favorite album uh-huh. to date. That's probably only the only one I've listened to all the way through. Besides yeah, his not, last not, walk, and his really last walk was pretty on, good. Yeah, I'm not really huge on Bless the Fall, but I've seen them live, and they're they're a good band. But yeah, I'm. It's it's gonna sound from complete left field for those of you that know my musical taste, but for some reason that first Escape the Fate album within the past couple of days, oh, so good, dude, just so good. Oh, they, <laughs> they just come in with the guitar solos. Everybody misses guitar yeah. solos and talks about it, but also they miss like catchy choruses. Oh, dude, and, and the they also the situations. Oh, yeah, like, and they just... miss heavy drums. Like I don't know, like that album was just it was very it was just a beautiful masterpiece mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like it was so good. You know what else I've been listening to? Man? What you been listening to? Dude, I, there are very few things that can make you feel fly when you're driving to a job in retail. But let me tell you something: the Chronic 2001, man, rolling, <laughs> rolling up, rolling up, stopped at a stoplight with my windows rolled down, rolling up, stopped at a stoplight with my windows rolled down, hearing things just ain't the same for gangsters. You know, you just, yeah, yeah, they yeah, feel pretty fly. It's like. I, I mean, I do the same thing. Like, we actually drive work vans to work. Like, we drive to our normal cars, and then we'll, like, pick up a work van, we'll load it up and go to a job site. And I was with uh, James, who's actually a really good friend of mine that I work with. Shout out to and, James. Yeah, shout out to James, man. And he's, like, he's older than me. I mean, he's yeah. he's almost 10 years older than me. And, you know, I threw on What's the Difference, and he goes, What's the difference between me, me and you? you? He's <laughs> like, he's like the chronic. And I was like, I was like, dude, he knows what's up. And we were just jammed to the chronic. And nothing makes you feel more fly than, What's the difference between me and you? Me and you. You know, you know like. Those beats, man. When, when, and for, when, 
when the beat for Forgot About Dre kicks in. You ever hear about the first time I heard that song? Because you know I'm a huge Eminem fan, right? No, I never, I never, well, I I know you're an Eminem fan, but about the first time you heard the song, no. No, dude, I was actually at work. I was at work, and I was a salesman at the time, and I worked for Weedman Lawn Care there in Greer, Mm -hmm. and I just met this boss, like, a couple months ago, and he used to always play, like, techno music and stuff at work, Mm -hmm. and... I'm not really into it because there's not really words and no, stuff. And it, it seems yeah. really repetitive oh, it is. and dubstep and stuff. That's because it's always in the club and people are always Either like way. wasted by the time they hear it. So it's just like, yeah. Yeah, noise. it's like after six hours of monotonous stuff, dude, forgot about Drake kicks in. And I was like, wow, this is pretty funky. And then like, I was like, is that Eminem? And he goes, dude, you never heard this song? Bro. And that was the first time I ever heard that song. Mm-hmm. And I'd he- actually heard other songs off that album. I just yeah. never heard that one. It blew oh, my man. mind. I was yeah. like, Whoa. what? You know, because you got other classics on there, like Explosive, you know. Um, the next episode. The next episode. Yeah, just all those songs, man. Just just classics. Let me ask you, man. What's your favorite Eminem song? Honestly, my favorite Eminem song has to be Fun Everybody by this. It's on the Slim Shady LP, and that is probably my favorite song because it's pretty offensive in a lot of things, but honestly, I just like the flow, and his rhyming skill was unlike anything else. And I definitely like the fact he was like, I got a wardrobe with an orange robe. I was like, that's amazing. Like, Explain, most- explain to... Explain to the audience why that's so impressive, though. That that, it's pretty line. impressive because literally there's one word that apparently is labeled by everybody that Eminem does not like, does not rhyme with, and it's orange. The word orange just well, doesn't yeah, rhyme, doesn't with, rhyme anything. with anything. Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't, but I mean, he makes it fit in a flow, and well, it just sounds so... You know how he does that, right? He actually yeah. explained it in the 60 Minutes interview yeah. that he did. He splits it up. Like yeah. Orange, door hinge, all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah no, he splits like... it up, but I mean, it's just, he's like the first person to think of it, and I haven't seen anybody else do that, and blows my mind, and I love it. For example, <laughs> like, off uh, the Marshall Mathers LP 2, one of my favorite songs is Brainless, and he did the same thing. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. like with an extension cord, an orange, and a ninja sword, you know, and I love that. You know, I think I think he did that as a shout out to that interview though, because it's just funny because he he literally did like an entire stanza or an entire like sixteen bars based on orange. So it's yeah, pretty impressive, man. But I have to be honest, I think I love the Marshall Mathers LP too, but it doesn't come anywhere close to the original. The original. Oh no, just, the mm. Slim Shady LP was like his gateway out and i mean he actually toured on the vans warp tour off of that yeah. like well no i'm talking about i'm talking about the marshall mathers lp2 though the one that came after that because as as huge as the you know the some shady lp is with my name is and, and guilty conscience and the, the song was dre on it how that got him out i think what cemented him as amazing and you know really got people's ears was the marshall mathers lp2 and it's just because you know two just, or the first one because it was I'm just sorry, the marshall yeah, mathers yeah, lp yeah the first one i'm sorry yeah his yeah. second album the marshall mathers lp it's just so just like he did not care what he said and, and as controversial as it was and as much flack and hate as he got for that album you know any publicity is good publicity so dude he already had flack though he even said in one of the verses he's like he's like what do you get when your first lp sends you directly to jail oh yeah you know like i mean he was already offensive and out there oh yeah and i mean honestly like i just 
I've always loved his flow and I always liked the way he rapped. Like he was the first person that honestly like truly get me into rap and that's like the first thing any white person would say. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah that's he's the first gonna... person I'd ever listen to, like but no, honestly I mean, though, yeah, like it's the first honest, person I've it, honestly yeah. ever listened to. Yeah, like the first rap song I've ever heard was in the fourth grade and it was My Name Is by some dude that stole his C D from his big brother who was in high school. Stole the CD and was like, dude, check this out. Blew my mind. Because I had no idea about rap music. I didn't even know what I wanted as far as a music category or selection, Mm -hmm. anything. But I definitely remember the first time I ever heard that song, and I loved it. Dude, the way that song just comes in with that record scratch, and it just comes in, Hi, my name is... You're just like, ooh. Yeah, it just know. sucks you in. And, like, as, and as, a, as weird as this sounds, as a kid, you like what's offensive. You like what's dark. Like, you, you feel, um, it sounds weird to say, but, you know, everybody, I think if you're honest, when you're a kid, listening to something that your parents said not to listen to, you just wanted to listen to it oh, that yeah. much more. Dude, it's like, Pandora's box. Hey, whatever you do, you can listen to whatever you want. But if you listen to this it. album, it's going to send you directly to hell. You know? And you're like, well, how bad can it be? Yeah. And then the next thing you know, like... You're listening to it, and you're like, wow, oh, yeah. like, this is I never, great. I never told you this story, but my uh, my next-door neighbor, who is my best friend, and he's probably listening to this podcast, so shout-out to Jake if you're listening to this, man. I, I love you, man. I miss you. But he had a, uh, like a, a CDR version, like a, like a ripped, you know, mixtape version of the Eminem show, and I remember he used to, he used to sing like the chorus to cleaning out my closet, you know, so yeah. saw all that stuff and he would sing it. And I finally asked him, what is that? And he would say, it's Eminem. And I remember one day he was, he was listening to the album and I was like, man, let me, let me listen to that. And I'm a few years younger than him. So, you know, when you're a teenager and you hang out with, with, a kid that's a few years younger than you, you know, you feel like you're an adult. So he used to be like, nah, man, you're too young. Just wait a little while. You're yeah. Good. You know, he would, he would pull that card <laughs> on me, you know, the, the big brother card, which he is like a, a brother to me. So he was my big brother and still is. <clears throat> but I remember, I remember my logic was, oh man, it's, it's all good. I bet my cousin's got it. You know, I'll listen to it for my cousin and his, his basis is, why do you think your cousin has it? And I was like, oh man, cause my cousin, like he cusses and he smokes a lot. So I bet he listens to that. Man, but speaking of that, we were just talking about before the podcast how Eminem used to change his lyrics, like for the edited version of songs. Like I remember the yeah. first, the first time I heard "My Name Is" was the edited version because that's the only version that I could, you know, buy or I could buy a CD. I bought the Greatest Hits edited Curtain Call, and that was the only one that I could buy where my parents would would be okay with. But I remember I memorized the lyrics to the edited version and then when I got a little bit older you know into high school and bought the the normal version of the Slim Shady LP and heard like the different lyrics I was like whoa you know yeah you know it's just wow it speaks to I guess just his lyrical ability which is you know and Eminem's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, so, I mean, you gotta sure. think about it, though. Like, the edited version versus the explicit one. I mean, it was two different songs, essentially, almost. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for, like, there the There were so part. many different lyrics. You gotta think yeah. about Guilty Conscience off that album, which yeah, added the hook. Chorus. Yeah, yeah they added hook. a chorus, which, mm-hmm. actually, I wish they would have added the chorus to the explicit version because it was that great. Because, yeah. honestly, no, it just I, cut, I, like, a TV yeah. to the, the next the scene. scene. But, that, that's but the I thing, liked the chorus. I liked the hook but i like the scenes more just because they made me laugh and it seemed like a darker song that way like it, it got the vibe across more you know what i mean yeah it kind of did but yeah. i i still like the chorus it needed to feel more like a song to yeah. me and yeah the edited version totally did that and it blew yeah. my mind oh yeah so they added more content for you to listen to which is great yeah 
Um, well, it's it's funny because you know that song. Have you ever heard that song, Fack? Oh, of course. That was on Curtain Call. And they yeah, just, they that complete, was actually released yeah, on the Curtain Call yeah, explicit version. Yeah, they com- they just completely took that off of the um, edited version. Like it's oh, not even there. Was there. no way well, you thing, could ever change that song. Yeah. Like to another be thing, edited. Another like, thing that was weird for some reason. They changed the order of the songs on the edited version of Curtain Call. Like, yeah, if they I did. remember right, Guilty Conscience was later in the album, and for some reason they pulled it up, which doesn't make sense because that seems like one of the ones that if you were trying to, I guess, hide it, you would put it toward the back, but it's up there. So it's kind of. I mean, it kind of makes sense, though. I mean, it was one of his first songs released, and usually right, when so you, you come to a greatest hits, you're going to hear. The, the ones that really got them out there, and then you're going to hear, like, the most current ones. Okay, well, that's... Plus, that's, on top of any singles they were trying to release, which, When I'm Gone, that was the only thing yeah. that well, was yeah, released yeah, that was another, yeah, that was another thing, That too, was a fresh single. When I'm Gone was on there, yeah. But, see, I've always listened to Greatest Hits, and, and they go in order the album's release, so it should have been... Like it was on Curtain Call, the the edited version where they put "Guilty Conscience" right behind "My Name Is" because those were the you know the first two, and those are, if I remember right, those were the only two that Dre produced. Doctor Dre produced on uh, the Slim Shady LP, which yeah. is which is crazy if you think about it because those two songs are the ones that stick out, and it's because Dre's on the you know Dre's on the board with yeah. them. So if Dre's on the track, man, it's solid, dude. Absolutely. Love Dr. Dre. Absolutely. Have you heard the new one, Compton, that he released? I actually have not. I I'm haven't not heard even either. Know why. I've heard, I've heard like two songs off of it. I heard it's pretty good. But I just know it just wasn't near as popular as The Chronic or The Chronic 2001. I don't think he'll ever release, unless he ever releases Detox. I don't think he'll release another album that's as popular. I was about to say, Detox probably would have been up there because of, you know, well, I Need a Doctor and everything. And... I Need a Doctor is trash. Man, no, it's, it's not. It's trash. No, I yes, actually really like that song. It's No, it's garbage. And I think Dre knew that. I think, not that it's garbage. It's not garbage, but for Dre, like if Lil Uzi Vert <laughs> released something like I Need a, Do- I Need a Doctor, people would be like, oh my God, what a game changer. But it's so funny because like certain artists have certain standards. Like people, even going back to Eminem, people be hating and be like, oh, well, you know, Marshall Mathers LP2 is, isn't good, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But the thing is, is that is if any other artist released that, almost any other hip-hop artist released that, people would be going crazy. But because it's Eminem, because of his previous work. And Dr. Dre. I mean, yeah. you got to think about it that way. Dr. Dre was way before Eminem. Like, mm-hmm. NWA, man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> mad respect. Mm-hmm. He's a legend. Man, we've been watching that documentary, The Defiant Ones. That is so good, dude. It really is a great documentary, especially about Jimmy Iovine. Yeah. You got to think about, it, dude. I did not know he produced Tom Petty till uh, I watched yeah. that. Like, he produced Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks. Dude, he was in a relationship with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, How I know. He was in a relationship with her, and yeah. then on top of that, dude, he's best friends with Dr. Dre. Like, yeah, that's nobody crazy. ever saw that. For those coming. of you, for those of you that don't know, it's a it's a four part documentary that HBO did. It's called the and it's like I said, it's in four parts. They did it like from week to week, and it follows uh, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. And it, for, uh, Jimmy Iovine is the the head of Interscope Records, and he was a producer, and he's just in a, like an amazing musical talent. But at first, it just kind of goes back and forth between the two of them, and it kind of seems almost disjointed. But eventually, as it pulls on, you see how their lives eventually interconnect, and then the rest of the documentary is about how they worked together. So it's very cool. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. 
It's purely amazing. I mean, it has all shout-outs from, like, artists, like, throughout time. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to get to see so much musical history in oh. one, and the stories behind it, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Like, the when they were talking about how Jimmy Iovine, when he was a kid, you know, just, just barely out of high school, got called in to... Um, supposedly answer the phones at a at a at the the record company that he worked out or the production place that he worked at and he gets called in on easter sunday and he ends up telling his parents like yeah i'm gonna go to work even though they're like it's easter sunday you can't do that and he goes in and come to find out john John lennon john lennon's there and 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 the guy and his boss was like yeah i honestly just told you that i wanted you to answer the phones just because i wanted to see if you were dedicated enough to come into work and he ends up producing on john lennon's album like what that's amazing like John Lennon, definitely a huge figure. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not even a Beatles fan. I can what is honestly you? say that. You know what? We're going to end this podcast right now. How can you tell me that when Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club, if I can talk, Sgt. Pepper comes on, how can you tell me you don't kind of jam out Honestly, I can jam out to some of their music, but honestly, Dude, my Revolution? personal opinions is, is that my grandmother and my mom love them so much. It was so overplayed. It's just okay. like certain 80s right. music yeah. to me. Like it wasn't I love I like I like them and I respect them for who they are but honestly the ones that I respect that it, it's honestly because I never heard it before mm-hmm. I respect them like when they went their separate ways like okay. honestly think about John Lennon and his Imagine album think so, about yeah, that so like, like, like piece of classic and all that stuff. Yeah. think about Paul McCartney and Wings like mm-hmm. amazing I, like, I still don't think any I of that love stuff... it more because it was never overplayed I understand because my parents are like a bad radio station they're gonna play the same songs like right next here we got for you sweet child of mine guns yeah. and roses and it's like Dude. god how many songs are we gonna hear see that's what i'm saying and you're, you're this is going completely on left field but that's why i told you i don't like 93.3 because not only do they play the same songs over and over again they play like this cluster of songs that makes me want to like throw up they play like they'll literally be like all right up next it's nickelback stained and creed and you're like Oh, oh, I can't, oh, I can't cringe when it comes to that. I actually like all those bands you listen Get to. Get off of my... Nickelback! <laughs> okay, I like stained, Nickelback. Stained, I do like Nickelback. Stained I can deal with because I can jam out to It's Been a While and a couple other songs. But Stained and Creed, I love that this is my podcast, are absolute garbage. Yeah. Absolute you can garbage. Say what you want, if man. you listen I, to those like bands, them. if you listen to those bands, hit me up on Facebook. Most of you that listen to this are my personal friends anyway, or whatever. You have some way of contacting me. If you listen to those bands and you like them, please tell me why. They they sound the same. They all have that like they all sing in the exact same voice. And then like Nickelback like tries to be vulgar and edgy, but it just comes off as like that kid that cusses just because he knows that it's it's like oh you're not supposed to do this. So think I'm about cuss. Nickelback though, man. You oh, think about no, this I, way. I would prefer not somebody to. bought sixty million albums and gave him an ego. Like you got to think about it this way. Somebody gave him an ego, and I'll tell you what, it See, was my, America. My, so my, you need to start yelling hey, at America. Hey, my theory, like, my theory, no, my theory is that it was some country out there way away that we don't even know about like some Christopher Columbus stuff we don't even know about this country yet we haven't discovered it yet but they got a huge shipment of Nickelback albums and they'd never heard it before it was the first time they'd heard music <laughs> so we're like oh sounds go together we must do this like it's the first that's my theory dude I think that's how Nickelback has sold so many albums they they send it you gotta think about when they first came out though like how how you I remind prefer, me would, like that is okay. a good song that, you that, can okay. say I'll be honest you can 
listened to it, right? That song is the jam. Okay, it got that, him out there, that right? That song is good. Everything else is trash. Then All the Right Reasons came out. And All the Right Reasons was definitely a good album. I will admit they started Stop to fall off at Dark Stop. Horse. They definitely oh, no, fell no. off at Dark Horse. They were, but they All were, the Right Reasons was a great album. They, I mean, All the Right Reasons made me want to vomit in my mouth. But I could listen to it. Was it After because, Dark- like, you just heard it so much, though? Like, honestly, think about it, Lucas. Like, I mean, think about all the right reasons. Like, you heard the songs on the radio literally for, like, okay. the next okay. seven years yeah, on yeah. repeat. Okay, but Every you, radio station. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an Even example. Even pop radio stations played them. Okay, I'll give you an example. All right? So, my big one of my biggest complaints about Nickelback is their lyrical content. But especially after Dark Horse, or on Dark Horse and, and thereafter. It was definitely but, Dark Horse. Yeah, Something yeah, in your yeah, mouth. But, Think but, about it. Like, yeah, that was definitely disgusting. trying an that's, offensive that, song. That's like. disgusting. But my, my problem is, is this. If you go back and listen to even a song like Photograph, on all the right reasons. Right? Good concept. Right? He's looking at a photo album and he's thinking about memories. Something we can all relate to. But there's that line. It's like, and what the heck is on Joey's head? Like, I know he's talking about the photograph and he sees like there's some dude's just got a zit on his head and he's like looking at the photo and he's like, oh, what is that? But think about that. Who in the heck is like, I'm going to put that in the song. I will talk about my homie that I saw in a picture and how maybe, he's got something weird on his head. Maybe they were just trying to make the song as realistic as possible, uh, though. No, no. There's nothing about Nickelback that is realistic. Anyway, moving on. From trashing on Nickelback and Creed. Creed's even worse. Don't get me started. I like Creed, Creed, man. Oh, stop it. Stop it. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. I like Creed. (laughs) I I have respect. Like, I do. Stop it. Stop it. I need to introduce you to... How do you... Okay. Man, I like so much music. You don't understand. I just said. I listen to so much. How do you dislike Manchester Orchestra and then love Creed? Like, that makes me genuinely question our friendship, dude. Dude, does it really, This podcast is revealing so much right now. Moving on, before our friendship is over. <laughs> I got you into hip-hop. Can I say that? Yeah, you honestly can yeah. say that. Because yeah. honestly, like I had a very limited and selected amount of artists. Mm-hmm. And you did provide me the information and i always i always deny it at first i'm like no i don't want to listen to this mm-hmm. i don't oh, i don't no, want to oh, do this oh no it was so but much then worse. like i'll just like you know get to thinking about you when you know you haven't called me back after i called you like 60 times and yeah, then right. like um you know like i'll get to thinking and i'll kind of be into rap like what i discovered i guess and then mm-hmm. i'll go back and listen to what other people have shown me because mm-hmm. i'm one of those people i'm the, one of those people that'll show somebody a song hey, whoever shows and i'll say hey listen to this and then i get offended when they don't listen to it but then mm-hmm. somebody shows me a song and i never listen to it mm-hmm. but i always eventually go back i always remember mm-hmm. and you know i went back and I just started listening to like a lot more and started discovering more stuff on my own and yeah, and, loved it. But man. let me tell you something. It was so much worse than than you described it. Like, oh, I'm not really into that. No, you were that guy that was like, no, I only listen to metal, man. I only listen to metal. That's Dude, all. That's just me, though. I mean, nah, I guess that was me at the time. Nah, like, it really was. Though, if you think about that time in my life, like that yeah. was totally I mean, I, me. I, like, that's all I was about, dude. If there's yeah. screaming, heavy guitars, and breakdowns and drums, dude, I'm there. Yeah. Now, now coming to the 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 conversation that I that I wanted to have is this. You mentioned that you kind of branched off and got into your own stuff, right? You discovered your own thing. Yeah. You really, you've gotten into trap music, which is, to me, it's different than just straight up hip hop. You know? It's, yeah, it's it a is. Different, it's a different definitely vibe. a different so, subgenre. So, so I, want, I want to start off by saying that are, there are certain 
trap songs and trap artists that I really enjoy, like like Two Chains' newest album. Dude, I love Two Chains. I've always loved Two Chains. That though. song. Like, I've always loved Two Chains, <laughs> Gucci Mane, uh, Young Scooter, yeah, okay, okay. OJ the Juice Man. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah, love them all, man. You know, we jam like, you know to, me. We jam out to Saturday night. You know, I hit the yeah. club today. Might hit the trap tonight. Yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> I totally get it, bro. We, like we jam out to that all the time. But my question is, like, I'm not as a whole really into trap music. So I just want you to explain to me why it's appealing. Like, you know what I mean? Appealing to me as a person, honestly, why I like it. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy the beats. Like, think about it, though. Imagine your favorite artist, like, rapping on, like, something by Young Metro or, you know, anything. Like, I mean, the bass goes hard. That's my thing. I had a subwoofer in my trunk. Oh, I remember that. In high school, like... I had a subwoofer. I love subwoofer. It is great for metal music. It's good for anything. And definitely good for rap if you want to blow out somebody's windows. And <laughs> my thing is, like, I wanted something with the beat that's going to blast. And, you know, those usually go harder than, you know, even stuff by Dr. Dre. Like, it's just classic. Oh, There's some bass and mm, stuff there. I, mm, I'm talking about beats, though. I'm not talking about lyrical content. No, I, no, I mean, the beats, beats are though. classic. Like, they really are. Like, it's it can't, I can't really compare it to anything. All I know is they definitely have more of an oomph okay. in their music. Okay, if that so makes what, sense. Yeah. That's what made it more appealing to me. So I started listening to it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they like, just kind of grew to like it. Dude. Yeah, okay. Like, so so it kind of... Yeah, but what I hear you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is that what draws you in the most is the beats. And I th- probably, yeah. I mean, but except for like, you know, exceptions like Gucci Mane and other things like that, I do like their lyrical content a lot. Like they do mm-hmm. have a flow. It's just different from what you're like, you want to hear. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. What I, I, I disagree. I, I don't like most trap music. I'll go ahead and say that. I really don't. I think, I think it's very just, a lot of it is just, I know this sounds weird or whatever, but to me it's just, there's not a whole lot of substance there aside from, you know, just let's party and, and be disrespectful to women and A, B, and to, C. To, to that, to me, though, honestly, that's just your opinion. Yeah, like, right, I right, mean, right. That's exactly. a reason for not you to enjoy it. I just yeah. don't like it when other people come in right. and, and they're like, oh, yeah, man, the whole genre has nothing to offer for anybody. And but, I mean, the, honestly, though, I mean, that's the you have to think thing. about different people. Right. Like, that's what I was going to bring up is that I think, although hip-hop and, and trap music and what's kind of popular now – it's all under the same tree, but it's almost two separate genres. You know what I mean? It's two separate things. So if I prefer a certain style and somebody else prefers trap music, it's whatever, yeah. you know? And a lot of times they, you know, it's people that, that lead a different almost lifestyle, you know what I mean? Or, or have different mindsets. You know, when I listen to hip hop, I want to be almost engaged by the lyrics. You, you know what I mean? I want to be able to be like, Oh, what did you just say? Let me back it up and, and you know read the lyrics or go on genius and and there are some people that you know that want to listen to trap music they're just like i want to hear a good beat and just hear some lyrics about partying and just relax and that's that's fine that's That's exactly what i want to listen to though like all you know i'll sit at the house and like you know that's just my thing and and that's that's totally fine but when you're at work too i mean think about it like you're at work you know you're having a crappy day and Mm -hmm. you're sitting there and you're like this guy is at home partying. You're like, I want that life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like kinda, sometimes it kind of draws you into. Yeah. You know, yeah, I like mean, I, I told you earlier that there are very few things that get you hype when you're driving to a job in retail. Yeah. And the song FYM by 
Joyner Lucas. Man, the first time I heard that song was in my car, and I literally, I was... You know, it's really mm, funny you so said hyped. that, though, because, you know, I've played, like, multiple Joyner Lucas songs for you, and then you come up to me, and you're like, man, he's just so corny, he's almost like Hobson, and I was like, hold up. Like, dude, Joyner has so much to offer, and you just haven't really listened to him. I'm on, and I challenged you to listen to him, and, and what did, did you find through your study? Oh, man, it was... Dude, Joyner Lucas is Hobson if Hobson could rap about anything decent. Period. Yeah. And and the thing is, is I'll go on record and say this. Hobson is the corniest rapper of all time. Man, you, you're going pretty step out there. I'm not even going to mm. lie, man. His first album, Raw, was great. Like, mm. it's just, it's, so, just, it's always so far and in between when he what? releases things for his fans. You know Number what? one. You know what? I'll withdraw the corny. I'll withdraw the corny statement. I'll say he's the cringiest rapper of all time. Because let, let me tell you something. And I heard this on um, another uh, person's like podcast it was on Anthony Fantano's podcast um, the needle drop on YouTube but he said this and I and I com- completely agree the problem that I have with Hobson is that it's always somebody else's fault if you listen if you and I love the ill mind of Hobson series but if you listen to even those songs he didn't even release like, one this year you I have know, to think I'm about so, it that way yeah, he promised the release that's yeah, another problem that's, too like yeah, he doesn't release when he promises yeah. that's definitely a huge problem yeah but my, my biggest issue with the dude is that it's always somebody else's fault like you hear him rapping it's you know the last one that he released was all about, your fault yeah, and like yeah, what do you know always, like it's all like, their fault and, like. and, and Anthony Fantano made a joke that that one day he's going to release an, an ill mind of Hobson thing where he's like rapping to his own reflection because he realizes it's all him. Like, but he's still blaming somebody cause he's not, he's looking at his reflection. Like it's your fault. You know? Dude, so my... that's why he's so cringy to me because if, if a girl broke up with him, he's going to write a, a song about how terrible she was and how much he's going to prove her wrong. That was half of, what was that album? Uh, what, a Night Madness? No, no it was Pound Syndrome. No. Well, I mean, they're all the same. Pound yeah. Syndrome is the yeah. same way. Yeah, and they're, it's, it's just so cringy to me. It's just like, be honest with yourself. If you have so many issues in, the, in, in your life with this many people, it's probably you, homie. Like, yeah, I don't know. My thing is, like, I have mad respect for Hop. I definitely like him. And, like, people who are new to hip-hop, they're like, oh, wow, this guy is amazing. And, I mean, he is. I mean, yeah. He I, is I, I definitely amazing in his craft. It's just... My thing is, it's definitely few, far, and released, and in between mm-hmm. for me to give him a fair judge. Because honestly, like he'll release stuff like four or five years apart, and then he won't tour for like those three years, yeah. and then he comes back with new problems. He's just, like yeah, he's just, <laughs> and know, then he always raps about not having money, but then he never releases albums or like yeah. tours. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, Undercover Prodigy, man, he's been promising an album for like the last three months, I mean, man. I've been. Let me tell you, something. you, you I call you every day and yeah. I tell you about it. I'm like, oh, dude, it's about at to come a time out. You did, thank God, or thank God you stopped. But at a time you did. And let me tell you something, dude. Undercover Prodigy is a joke to me. Up to this point, like the only thing this man has done for Undercover Prodigy is release some hats and a T-shirt, which also look like garbage. I, I can't say that. I just mean, dude, saying. it actually looks pretty fly. It's just a U and a P. It's very simple. Looks good. I mean, honestly, think about it. You've bought from Tyler the Creator that is just as simple. It has oh, a G with a green. I'm wearing it now. Yeah, you, I mean, you know dude, it's bro. just as simple. But, the, but you know what the difference? And you know what? He charges like forty dollars a hat. Hobson oh, charges like twenty five. No, like, I'll be, I'll be real with you. I paid forty eight dollars with it for this hat plus. Yeah, yeah he, no, and he's the, charging thirty five bucks for an undercover prodigy. Like, hey, shout out to Hobson. You're like, it looks terrible. But like, here's the here's the difference, though, man. Here's the difference to me. 
Yes, I agree with you that, that the U and the P, if you like it, you know, it's up to taste. It's up to taste. So in my opinion, it doesn't look good. I don't like it. But here's the distinct difference for me between Undercover Prodigy and, and between, like, Golf, his, his, his clothing line, Tyler the Creator's. One is that it's, it's just a clothing line. Golf is not a record label. He's not trying to hype a record label from doing this, this clothing line. Yeah, it's his. I, I, I that's, will admit that. That's, that's, that's just that's his one. personal two, thing, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And two, two is this. It's hyped. Like, Golf, the, the label, or the, the clothing line, Tyler the Creator wears his stuff, he promotes it, and he create like you know what I mean. He's constantly talking about it, which is you could you could throw shade on that. You know what I mean. You could say, oh, that's that's whatever. I don't like that. He should just be about the music. But he hypes it. He puts in all the effort to to make it happen. You know what I mean. For it kids does to look want, good. I'll yeah, give him that. For it kids looks to great. want to wear the stuff. For for even me, you know, uh, an adult to want to wear this stuff. He does the work. Like he, um, and I don't feel like Hobson does that. I don't. I, you know, I feel like he's yeah. just like he throws it up on Facebook. Hey, buy it because I made it. No, that doesn't work. Yeah, like think about Tyler Creator though. What did he say in the verse for Earl? sweatshirt which was whoa he's like act like i don't make a million dollar off of socks exactly and he sells 20 dollar socks and yeah, it's and like and that makes started, sense that started with odd future because they yeah. they never you, you realize all of odd future's music is free except for the um except for the odd tape because i think they released that on an on a cd but or the odd future tape volume two yeah but that was the one yeah, yeah that, it had that was the one that was on it and yeah, everything it, it, yeah. It, yeah it had oldie and all that stuff but the thing is is they they only charged for their socks you know the, the ones that i have like three pairs of with the donuts on them that's the only thing that they charged for were the socks and the clothes and the shirts and they still made all this money all the music was free and the, and one of the coolest stories i've ever heard as far as like tyler goes with all of his shirts and things like that is this he made this shirt or he had this design for this shirt right around the time that cherry bomb was about to come out which was and a garbage was, album i disagree that but, was totally garbage uh, there were songs on there that were just like they were I'll admit some were cringy. good some were, were good cringy, and the other ones were whole, just terrible as a whole i really like that album and i'll and i'll be honest if someone comes up to me and says that album is trash i'm not gonna argue but to me i love it you know what i mean that's yeah just, of course that's, that's just one of those personally yeah yeah um but one of the one of the coolest stories though was he came up with this design and obviously he has like consultants for his clothing line you know when he comes up and he goes I want to make a shirt that's all blue that just has flames on it. And I know you've seen that shirt already. Yeah. Um, but he was like, no way. No way. The the consultant was like, no way. You're not going to sell any of those things. And basically, Tyler was just like, bet. I bet you I can get these things to sell out so quick. And he's like, all right, bet. And he's like, okay. But if I do this, you have to suck my toes. And he's like, all right, fine. Literally, they made a bet. You have to suck on my big toe if I can sell this shirt. And he's like, all right, cool. Sounds like a bet. Because he didn't think, you know, there's no way that he's going to sell it. So what what did this man do? He's wearing the shirt on his album cover. Tyler wore that shirt on the cover to Cherry Bomb. If you go yeah. back and look at it, you can see. And sure enough, when the kids saw it, they were like, oh, I want that shirt. It sold out three times over. They put up the first order for it. Sold out within like 30 seconds. Second one, same thing. Sold out three straight orders. The man ended up sucking Tyler's toe. <laughs> yeah. Dude, mad respect to Tyler, the creator. I definitely like him. And, like, that's another thing that hits me with Hops, and he just disses people that are popular because they're popular. Right. And oh, I, you're not hip-hop mm-hmm. because you're popular. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, come on, man. He's like, oh, yeah, you think you can get some respect by cussing and eating a cockroach? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you can because, mm-hmm. like, have you cuss and eat a cockroach? No. But Hobson cusses a lot. He, like, calls him out for swearing, but Hobson swears a lot more than most other people, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's, at least for people in his subgenre of hip hop, which yeah. I would say is underground lyricism, Under, like which is what he considers yeah. himself. I don't really 
consider him that because like people like Locksmith, Joiner, yeah. Tech Nine, and other other things like they um yeah. they use a lot more mm-hmm. like. They have so much more lyrical content and stuff to mm-hmm. offer. Now, Hapson, and he considers himself in top mm-hmm. of the greats that are just not respected. And he'll blame it on the Illuminati and stuff. Hobson wears the underground thing like a badge of honor, but I don't think Hobson would be underground if he had a choice. I think if people yeah. loved his music, he'd be fine with it. You know, yeah. what I mean? so he would definitely be fine. I mean, with and, it. and I say the same thing, but about Joyner Lucas, I think Joyner Lucas is the same way. But I definitely do think that there are artists that are comfortable being in the underground because they just want to survive on that. Like one of the artists that I listen to, Wax, he literally on his podcast um, said at one point, you know, oh, gotta pay my electric bill. I guess it's time to release an album. And you know, that's funny. It's like, oh, haha, but it speaks to how he doesn't really care to be super famous. He just wants to survive and and i think that's that's true underground but i think a lot of these artists that are like oh yeah i'm underground blah 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 blah. if let's be honest if you handed them a huge deal and said we want to pay you all this money they're not going to be like i'm I'm too underground for you man i'm too hipster i mean they can though i mean think about tech nine oh tech nine how many times has he been offered he's been offered millions no 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 no. tech nine tech nine is different because tech nine made his money while he's underground He's on. The, he's yeah. the only artist on the Forbes list yeah. that is underground, yeah. like independent, owns yeah. everything yeah. on the Forbes list. Yeah. Like he came, he came from kicking rocks mm-hmm. to like anything he could ever dream of. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, have you seen where Chance the Rapper has been getting a ton of hate lately? Like, no, I, mean, I haven't I, seen that. I, honestly, like I've never had yeah, hate no, for Chance the Rapper. As a matter of fact, there's one of the guys I work with. His name's Brandon. Great guy. Shout out to Brandon. Um, anyway, we were talking about rap. He loves old school rap. And I, we were talking about the Grammys. And mm-hmm. I was like, Chance the Rapper took three Grammys home his first year, mm-hmm. like actually as a popular artist. And he was like, what? He was like, and then he went off on his own and started listening to him. He's like, I really like Chance. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's really good. And I was like, dude, listen to acid rap. And told him about it and everything, dude, and dude, Cocoa he got into it. Dude, he's a huge Chance fan now. Yeah. Like he talks great about Chance. Yeah. Well, have you seen? And There's I'm, just no way. Has he really been yeah. getting hate? That's and terrible. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll I'll throw this shout out out there. Um, I heard about this via one of the podcasts that I'm absolutely addicted to called Runaway Jukebox. But they were they were talking about it, and what he's getting hate for is basically that you know that he props himself up as independent but he's he's not that's the premise of the hate and and they and i think he's independent i you know he is to me you know absolutely totally independent but he's successful so now he actually wrote a song about it it was called no problem Mm -hmm. and it was probably one of the most popular tracks you heard it on the radio that's why i think that's why he's getting so much hate is that he is independent and now all this, uh, I think all the distributing gonna... and like actually being a part and signed to a label is totally different because of course mm-hmm. he's going to be distributed right. by major labels now. Right. Well, here's distributed, the... but uh-huh. he's not restricted by it. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to restrict him and mm-hmm. edit his lyrical content, but now everybody's just willing to trust him yeah. and just distribute it. They're like, hey, we want to just get your record out there so mm-hmm. we can make money off. Well, of it. here's here's why I think he's been getting so much hate. And I'll talk about one thing that he, him and his team did in a second that I do kind of kind of shake my head out a little bit. But here's where I think the crux comes in. Is he's one of the first independent artists, maybe the first, to come out completely independent yeah. and then get pushed by the mainstream media. Like he's still independent, but the media loves him. 
and pushes his stuff. Yeah. So people are like, oh, you're not really independent. No, it's just the mainstream supports him. So all of a sudden now... I kind of get that. Yeah. But I think he's like the first person to have the mainstream support him. Right. Because honestly, think about ICP though. Like oh, that is... No, that's the <laughs> second label. I mean, they sell a lot of records. They really have. And they've done it completely underground. Think about the most underground thing you could think of. It's definitely mm. them. And guess what the only thing they got was? Negative media attention. Guess what it did? It made them even better. Yeah. It it brought it into more living I rooms. It did. Like, I, I really don't like ICP, but like I, I respect them for, I guess, just doing their thing. But, yeah, I mean. I mean, you, know, I mean, you don't have to like them. Yeah, I mean, I do, personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I represent, you know, the juggalo. Rip, rip. But you know what I mean? I really like their stuff. Oh, goodness. I think what they are, what they are. Okay, yeah. But with, with Chance, there was only one thing that, that, that him and his team have been responsible for um, that, I, that I'm kind of like, oh, that's sketchy, was MTV put up a negative review of Coloring Book, which I don't know how you can do. I love that. MTV. MTV. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you talking about the the cable television yes. show MTV. that doesn't even play music videos anymore? Right. Well, they're, they're writing they're, bad yeah. reviews. Yeah. Where, their reviews right. should not even what a be shock, in. Right? Yeah. yeah like. But here's the thing. They put, up a, they put up a bad review. Like somebody wrote an article and put it up on MTV.com, and his team came up and said, yo, you better take that down. You better take that down. And I don't remember exactly what their threat was if they didn't take it down. But literally, Chance and his team said, "We want that taken down." So just because it was a bad review, they 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 said, "Take it down." Or we're not, you know. Yeah, he won three so, Grammys over it. There's no way there should be a bad review. Well, no, after that. see, that's where you and I disagree. I think if 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 one publication doesn't like it, so what? Live with it. You know what I mean? That's that's part of it. Um, I mean, it, I guess it is, but nothing as big as MTV. Because MTV I, has yeah. the VMAs and everything, but he won VMAs. I, but that's the thing, though, dude. He's already huge. He's already got a giant fan base, and he's going to reach. So Why many does other that people. matter? Then it, it, that's just somebody else trying to make exactly, money off but his just, check. That's but terrible. Just, you like made, you shouldn't have that. Yeah, they you, didn't help him get there. They didn't play his yeah. videos. Like think about it that way. But you just made my point, though. Why does it matter? If it doesn't matter, then take it. Then don't take it down. If it's if it's just one thing, right? If it's just MTV, you just acknowledged it. They're not MTV's opinion should not matter on real music. Let's let's be honest. They don't even play music on their channel anymore. So why does it matter? Why should it matter that much? Where their team is just like yeah, take it down. I can you know? I can see why. That's my thing. I can definitely see why they're like out of all the people. You're trying to throw shade right now. Uh-huh. And honestly, I can see it as offensive as a person because for the simple fact they don't even play music videos or even review music as much anymore. Like but they people, just have sitcoms and stuff, so they have no reason to write a review on his album. But people honestly that, they though. should just cut out reviews. Like honestly, they should, but, but, but that's the thing. And I think that, that was like the first step towards that. Like your opinion does not matter here anymore because the only thing you do mm. is throw VMAs once well, a year. Well see that's the that's the thing, is like it they don't matter and I feel like the masses know that. Which No, we, they do know that, but I mean I can see Chance's point, okay. which is like okay. how is somebody that does doesn't even play music anymore gonna tell me my music's bad yeah okay okay i'll see you on that man this podcast has been awesome i definitely think it's been the best one yet yes sir Hope thank you for having me yeah man thank you so much brother this has been good music with good people and we are out 
Once again, I just want to say thank you for listening if you've made it this far. Please continue to expect new episodes every Monday, although it's been a couple of weeks. I promise to continue to strive to give you guys consistent content every week. If you really want to support the show, please go follow us at Good Music with Good People on Facebook and Instagram. Also, if you want to, you can go give us a five-star review on iTunes, and that would really help get the word out. You can expect to see a link in the iTunes description as well as in SoundCloud to a Spotify playlist that I'll make that will contain a lot of the artists that Dane and I talked about this week. Again, thank you so much for listening, and remember, no matter what happens in life, always surround yourself with good music and good people.